This is News Talk 980 CKNW. It is 7.06. Time to talk a little BC politics. Interesting day yesterday. And joining us to break it down is Mike Smith, province columnist, also a talk show host here. And Mike, good morning to you. Hi, Jill. Yeah, people still picking themselves up off the floor here. <laughs> After yesterday with uh, Liberal MLA Daryl Plekis uh, becoming the speaker, that was a bit of a shocker. And, and you, uh, the liberals are quite angry about it. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, you uh, you broke that story. It must have been a surprise to you too when you realized what was going on. Yeah, I, I sort of got the drop on this and broke it on Twitter yesterday morning. So, um, and it was a surprise. I got a tip from a really good source that this was a done deal. And I got to tell you, I wasn't totally a hundred percent confident that it was a done deal when I first heard it because I had interviewed Daryl Plekis back in June about this. In fact, I had I interviewed him on CKNW too. I think this I think this was from that interview. Let's be clear about this. I I would never be speaker without the blessing of my colleagues in caucus. And certainly if I did that I'd be the first to say that I should be thrown out of uh, office by my constituents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a clip and save quote there for yeah. sure. Yeah. That is from that interview with me on on NW back in June. So he was very clear that he wasn't interested in the job because the NDP recording him heavily. Um, the NDP knew that he wasn't really a happy camper over there in the Liberal caucus, and he had a good relationship with Mike Farnworth, the NDP House leader. Farnworth had known Plekis before Plekis became an MLA. You might, re- you might call Plekis was a criminologist at the University of the Fraser Valley. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Farnworth was the justice critic for the NDP in opposition, and he used to talk to him all the time about justice issues and criminal, criminal justice matters and that kind of stuff. And that's where they formed kind of a friendship. And that was the basis of the, the outreach here. So Farnworth was the lead guy back in June saying, hey, why don't you be the speaker? Because, of course, this is of great value to the NDP if a liberal is the speaker because it removes a, a liberal vote in the House and it gives the NDP minority government a lot more breathing room in there. So they heavily courted him back in June, and he said no, as you just heard in that clip. So something changed, and uh, clearly by yesterday he had come around and was willing to do it. And I've never seen anything like this in the House where a new speaker is elected, and normally there's goodwill on both sides of the House. Like everybody applauds on both sides as the speaker goes into the chair. Not this time. Not this time. I mean, the the NDP were thrilled but the liberals just sat there like stony silence, just smoke coming out of their ears. They're so mad. Well, and, and we heard Rich Coleman talk about the, it being a betrayal, uh, yeah. which, and, and obviously he changed his mind and people are allowed to do that. But uh, like you said, we've not seen uh, somebody who was that adamant not that long ago saying he absolutely wouldn't do this and then did it. And, and do you find too that, that Rich Coleman, the betrayal came from uh, the fact that he didn't tell the caucus first? Yeah, I mean, the way Coleman described it was, it appears there was a lot of cloak and dagger stuff going on behind the scenes here because the NDP were explaining yesterday and in private to reporters that this sort of had been in the works for a couple of weeks or more, that that Plekis had indicated, okay, listen, I've had a change of heart, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do this now. And there were talks going on very quietly behind the scenes for like a couple of weeks, primarily between... Daryl Plekis and Mike Farnworth from the NDP. The Liberals knew nothing about this. So, according to Coleman, um, Mr. Plekis 
had continued to tell the Liberals that, no, he wasn't going to do this. He wasn't going to take the Speaker's job. And right up until Friday, uh, or I beg your pardon, on Thursday, there's this very strange process where you have to tell the clerks, each MLA has to inform the clerk's office whether or not they want to be the Speaker. They have to file these special forms. And Daryl Plekis had not filed his forms. And Coleman told me that he had asked Plekis, look, are you going to file these forms? And Plekis, he said, assured him, don't worry, I'm not going to be Speaker, don't worry about it. And then uh, he said, Daryl Plekis stopped answering his cell phone. So he kind of went silent, and that's when the Liberals knew, oh my God, something's up here. It looks like this fellow, this guy's going rogue on us here. And sure enough, he be- he became the speaker. And uh, yeah, they're they're not happy. And like like you say, they they feel it's a betrayal. <clears throat> and so it's a good job if you, yeah. if you want to be the speaker with the the additional money with what comes with the position. But Daryl Pleck is looking at the long game. Uh, it's not as though he's going to be welcomed back the next election to to run for the Liberals or to be part of that party. Uh, do you think he is looking at the long game as far well, as staying in politics? That's a really good question because if you think about it. It, especially in a, a city like Abbotsford in the in the Fraser Valley, which is a, a very pretty much considered a very safe liberal seat. So if he was to ru- try to run there again for let's say he switched parties and went to the NDP or he tried to run as an independent, I don't think he'd get reelected. Um, that is a solid liberal seat. So the only way he's going to get reelected there again is if he runs again as a liberal. And the liberals is I don't think are going to have him at all. They just they just won't. He's persona non grata in the Liberal Party now. So what's his future? I mean, if he can't get reelected, um, does that mean he's just a one-term speaker and that's it? Now, one possibility that's been going through my mind is there's some some other sort of arrangement that's been made in the background with the New Democrats that in order f- in return for him doing this and helping out the NDP here very effectively, um, would the NDP agree to allow him to run as a New Democrat in a safe NDP seat or something like that. Now, I put that to the NDP yesterday, and they insisted there's nothing like that. There's no sort of, you know, quid pro quo background uh, deal in the in behind the scenes to make this happen. They say that he simply he wanted to be speaker. Um, they felt he he would be a good speaker, and maybe he will be a good speaker. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's and they say that's it. But you know. Daryl Plekis himself is not is not is not talking, and uh, so until we hear from him, uh, no one we can only conjecture about what changed his mind. <laughs> All right, he turned off that cell phone. He has not turned it back on yet. Yeah, I mean, he it was very unusual yesterday because uh, the tradition around here is when a new speaker takes office, there usually is a media availability, and um, and he his office indicated that he'd be willing to speak to the press yesterday. And then he changed his mind. So there was a, a, a statement came out later that he said he thought about it and he decided he's not going to do any media interviews yesterday. And I know a lot of every reporters at the press gallery in the legislature has been reaching out to him, trying to get a, uh, an interview with him, including myself. So if he's listening, Mr. <laughs> Speaker, give me a call, please, because uh, I would like to speak to you. As and I know a lot of the other people would too. Yeah, there are a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about the throne speech. Uh, sure. What was in it? What wasn't in it? What sticks out? Uh, if anything sticks out to you as as the most important parts of the speech? Um, it was a very dull throne speech, I thought, because there was not there was almost no news in it. Everything in the throne speech was stuff that has already been promised by the new government, and it was very short. 
so it was um, it was short and dull, which is the way a lot of throne speeches are. Um, they're they're notoriously vague, and this one certainly was. I mean, it hit on the key NDP promises around affordability. So they talked a lot about you know some of the interesting ones that people would would key on. It would be uh, housing. So there is a, a commitment in there to. Uh, get rid of loopholes in uh, rental agreements with tenants and give more tenants more power over landlords and rental reform and that kind of thing. This is stuff they promised already, but it was in there again, so they're doubling down on that. Um, there's a, a commitment to give uh, the uh, bus pass back to people on, with, on disability assistance with no clawback on their, on their uh, assistance rate. So that's a good thing for people on, on disability assistance looking for a bus pass. And um, there's the commitments to clean up uh, big money and big politics and uh, reform lobbyist uh, lobbying rules in the province as well. But as I said, these are all things they've already promised. So there was not a lot of surprises there yesterday. And I suppose we don't expect that level of, of detail when we talk about Usually things. Not. No, and they, they talked about, uh, like you said, child care, but didn't go into the $10 a day plan or what that's going to look like. Yeah, right. So there's that's a big promise they made during the election, and it's in there again today, But or it was in there again in the throne speech. But like you said, no, <clears throat> not a lot of real details about how they intend to deliver uh, this very expensive promise. Now, we'll get some more details on Monday. That's when we're getting a budget from this new government, and they're billing this budget as a budget update because the previous Liberal government had already brought in a budget for this fiscal year, so they're going to tinker with that. They say it will be a balanced budget. Then in the new year, we get a new budget from the new government, and that's really where the rubber's going to hit the road about how much they're going to spend and whether we go into a deficit. We mm. probably will. I was just going to ask, what's your prediction on that? <clears throat> on the budget? Yes. Next year? I think we're heading back to deficits, because if you, uh, one of the themes that's repeated in this throne speech yesterday was that we need to do more for health care, education, housing, seniors, social services, and it went on and on about how the, the current government service levels in all these areas are inadequate. So the government, the NDP are promising uh, enhanced government services in all these areas across the board. That's big money. Now, the government right now is sitting on a very large surplus, but if they're going to deliver across the board and, and ramp up all these government services everywhere, it's going to cost a heck of a lot of money, and I don't see how you do it with a balanced budget. All right. I wanted to ask you, sorry, one question before you go. Do you think yeah. this will change with Plekas leaving, with Plekas becoming the uh, speaker? Does it change the relationship between the New Democrats and the Greens? I think it makes them happier and, and probably maybe uh, because they're thrilled. The, the Liberals and the Green Party are absolutely delighted that this has happened because it gives them a three-seat majority in the legislature. It now removes the requirement for the speaker to to cast a vote in the case of a tie in the House, because there won't be any ties anytime soon here. And it pretty much guarantees that the, the NDP will stay in power here well into the next year. And I even had spoke to one NDP cabinet minister yesterday who was saying, this means four years in power. Forget about some uh, minority government that's going to fall apart in a few months. We're in here for the long term now, With now that we've taken a liberal vote off the table. Uh, with Daryl Plekis as the speaker, so they are thrilled. Now, this being BC and the, the political culture we have, strange things can happen, and maybe other things can come along to to throw a wrench in the works. But right now, they're very happy. 
All right. Uh, you're right. Strange things can happen. We'll oh, never yeah. rule they happen that out. all the time. All the time. <laughs> Very true. Mike, thanks so much. Appreciate uh, okay. you joining us. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.